Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Catherine Lindquist, and Troy Sandlin. How's everybody doing? Good. Good. As long as the internet holds out. As long as the internet uh-huh. holds out. Yep. <laughs> Good luck, Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can break down how these episodes work for those of you who might be new to the format. Uh, we have two different courses. We're going to engorge ourselves on our dessert first, and that is any news articles or little topics or Kickstarters or tweets or YouTube videos or whatever that we want to hype or that we found this week. Um, of course, all RPG related. And then second off, we'll dive into a larger conversation on a larger topic, um, and that's our main course. And we'll dive into those maybe a little bit more as we get close. But for now, let's go ahead and dive into dessert. Yes. Nom, nom, nom. We've kind of come to love these, and we know that some of our listeners really enjoy this segment as well. And I think with good reason. Um I, I commend my fellow hosts for diving into the interwebs every week, scouring and saying what's cool, what's out there, and bringing us a good platter of things to chat about. Um, I always pull something out of this that I research or watch or listen to or buy um, every single time. So um, I think there's a lot of meat on these bones. So <laughs> to this week, we each have one thing to talk about um we'll just go down here in order i think this is a good order to talk about these in so uh i'll hype a kickstarter right out the beginning this is pretty new you should it should should have a couple weeks on it when this kickstarter drops it's called the or when this podcast drops this is called the crystal corruption um it is an adventure for fifth edition um they are asking for $10,000. Uh, I have no doubt that they will hit that. We'll see how many stretch goals they get through. Um, it's a brand new person. It's going to be a hardcover book. Um, it's called Anima Games is the company that's trying to run it. The cool thing, the thing that will draw your attention to, is that Anima Games is tied, if I scroll up here, there we go, is tied in some ways to Nord Games. Nord Games Ooh. put out the... Um, hmm the uh, Game Master's Toolbox books, the Ultimate Bestiary, Revenge of the Horde, and the Dreaded Accursed, I think, is the other one. Um, really good company that's done several successful Kickstarters. Um, they are helping with this one. So uh, that's cool. There are uh, 3D printable minis at different tiers that you can pledge for um, that I think are cool. The adventure looks cool. It's going to have player options. Um I really just feel like this is a good, solid product. Uh, there's a really cool, uh, what's it called? Glimmer Heart Dragon that looks amazing Ooh. as a mini. Um, Look so. at that art right now. That's super cool. Oh, man. The art is fantastic. Mm, I yep. love the crystal and beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. so cool. Um, I bet you wish you had a crystal and beard. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Every day I look at myself in the mirror, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the PDF for this book is 20 bucks. You can get the uh, printable minis for 20 bucks, And um, the hardcover is only $40. So I really feel like it's going to be worthwhile 
I think that it has a good, good pedigree with working with Nord games. So definitely check that out. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Catherine, you have another product to, to sell to us. Tell us what you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as I stop scrolling through all of these cool, corrupted creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally got up the guts to post my very first DMs Guild product. Um, it's been up for, by the time this comes out, it'll be up for a couple weeks now. Um, and it is called the Singing Sieve. Uh, it's, it's a crossbeat. It's, it's because singing, a singing bowl because, uh, it, okay, okay, okay. I got it back up. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, new, new to pitching things. Um, I am starting a series, um, called, it's just called Ritual Sites. And I'm going to, for each one, I'm going to take a different class and I'm going to, uh, use that class's, uh, generalized, like, backgrounds, atmospheres, stuff like that. Um, generalized mindsets, I guess. Um, and make a specific, a very specific site for a ritual. Like, there are a lot, I've noticed that there are a lot of, um, rituals that are, you know, either you're trying to stop it because it's a, it's a, evil ritual or you're trying to get components for somebody to complete a ritual but um the place itself you know maybe it's kind of glossed over a little bit or it's got a map but the ritual itself is kind of glossed over and the dm is is you know kind of left to their own devices to fill in those blanks which can be very fun but if you want a little bit of extra inspiration um or a little bit of a a different tack then maybe you would have from your own brain, um, you could pick some stuff from this, uh, this series. Um, it's got the, the, lo- the surrounding location and the description of the actual site itself and this, su- a suggested ritual if you want one, um, site guardians, um, how the specific t- site's purity is maintained, what happens if it's corrupted, um, this one is a monk ritual. Uh, so of course it takes place like outside of a monastery, but I won't get into it that one specifically too much. Uh, cause it's only like 99 cents on DMs. It's about, it's about four pages. Um, and yeah, it's just everything that you would need based on this one little specific unique locale. And I try to get, make something interesting about the locale for each one. Um, everything you would need to have your PC group interact with that locale and the creatures there. Sweet. So that's awesome. (laughs) It's great. Thanks. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it's really, it's really cool. I, cause when you first was talking or or when I, the the tail end that I got when you were talking Mm -hmm. about it to begin with, I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't understand. (laughs) And then you, and then, uh, I, I took a look at it and I'm like, Oh, Okay. I totally see this now. <laughs> this is something that, yes, I could take in, in, in particular this one. It's like I could think of several different uh, places in past campaigns. I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that. and I could have put it there and that would be really cool. Yeah. Aww. So, yeah, check it out. 
and 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 uh, and put it in your game because it's, it's pretty neat. Yep, we like it. Thanks. Sweet. All right, uh, and there'll be links to all this down in the doobly doo. Do, doobly yep. doo. Uh, <laughs> so definitely check that out. And John, you have a set of YouTube clips for us to watch. I I do right. So well, not only the clips, but this this channel in particular. Uh, it's not about D and D at all, but there's a there's so much that I've gleaned from watching these. This is uh, 17th century. These as a, a Revolutionary War reenactors essentially is where mm-hmm. this kind of originates from. And Townsend and Son is a effective essentially a storefront for reenacting costuming and uh, like period uh, utensils and equipment and things like that. Right, so. Mm. Again, you may be thinking, like, what does this have to do with dwarves, elves, and and so on and so forth? The, dra- <clears throat> the two things that I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you on for this is pemmican and hardtack. Right. So what they what the what the uh, some one of two of the videos in particular are about survival food and trail food. And one of the things that I love when when I'm running D and D games is it, again it goes to immersion. I love the grit, first through fifth level, and one of those things is uh, is so the survival aspect of it. So mm. pemmican is a frontier food that was essentially the 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 bellies of the explorers were filled with. There's a combination of bison, this thing called rendered suet, which is almost it's like fat or lard, and berries, and they, it would keep had a shelf life of a year. Hard tack for anybody that knows what ship's biscuit or anything like that is. It is uh, cooked dough uh, that um, has all of the the, uh, the um, hydration taken out of it. It's completely dehydrated. And it is like you'd break your teeth on it if you tried to if you try to chew on it. Uh-huh. Uh, again, it's a survival food. So with this kind of how it dovetails, at least for me in D&D, and a lot of the stuff in these videos is making your your, your world more believable in travel and whenever you rifle through a pack, this is a thing that you find and you tell them about what pemmican is and it will, it creates more flavor in your world for them to, to well, less flavor is what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. Actually. Yeah. Pemmican is <laughs> apparently not tasty. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, it is less than savory, but it is, it, it does the trick. Right. And so when we talk, I've seen other, uh, blog posts and videos about what's inside of an adventurer's pack. And one of them that actually came up in it, uh, funny, funnily enough was pemmican. And mm-hmm. it's essentially think about, um, it's beef jerky that's been ground up into a almost like a powder, and then fat and berries mixed and put in a can or in a box or something like that, and it keeps has a really long shelf life. So, hmm. um, oh, my mouth is watering, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it's absolutely fascinating. I found ended up finding it, went down the YouTube rabbit hole, and I, and I found this. And there's a lot of other really good stuff in there. So, if you want to bring more. Um, more atmosphere and, and ambiance and kind of a more realism to your taverns that you go into. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of 17th century cooking that's incorporated into it with things that you're like words and, um, and like cooking methods and things like that sites and smells and kitchens and taverns and inns that we're not really directly connected to. We're so disassociated at what happened, you know, four or 500 years ago. And so, mm-hmm. or at least 300 years ago in this, this case, um, I love it, and it's again. It's it's not D and D, but it's it's helped my tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's helped me run better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it sounds really interesting. Along. 
The comments yeah. alone are worth checking out the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the hardtack <laughs> one, there's a comment that says, I once heard of a man who ate a piece of hardtack and bit into something soft. It turned out to be a ten penny nail. <laughs> so, so whenever we, uh, whenever, whenever, whenever COVID hit, uh, I actually, I, I made hardtack with my my kids just mm. as like to keep mm-hmm. the, they were bored out of their skulls, and we made it, and then we tried to use some of the the recipes that are mm-hmm. from the seventeenth century, seventeen uh, hundreds, and the sixteen hundreds too. Where the 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 shipsmen would break it up and they would make it in, they take create a broth and they would make a soup out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we did that kind of stuff. Of course, it was disgusting, but uh, <laughs> again, it, it historically connected my kids, sure, to so, to that that time period. So, are there any recipes for pemmican and hardtack out there that actually taste good? Well, I'm sure you can make it taste good, right? Part of the, what's in this is that he doesn't put any salt in it. It's unsalted, which I, it would probably taste better if it were salted. And he, this is like pemmican. You usually wouldn't eat on its own. You would make a stew out of it. You would hmm. find whatever game that you could, and it would fortify the meal that you were that you were eating. Or you would, like a ship's biscuit is so hard, you you break your teeth on it. And so what you usually do is you'll soak it um, for like a couple of minutes or even an hour or up more. to two days. In- yes, up to two days. Well, okay, and not to get like super gross or anything like that, but they would actually in in long in sea travel they would uh, it would get worm ridden, and that was good because that was an additional source of protein, and so they would, oh. they would cook it. So, yeah, this, this is not a PG thirteen podcast, is it? Does that, does that say anyway? So yeah, it's it's absolutely fascinating because if you really want the to your your players to have a more grounded feel in a high fantasy setting nothing is more humbling than telling them that their characters are eating something like that yeah. in order oh, to, to survive eat the this, trail eat this wormy bread it's yes. you're welcome. and you know what you're welcome and it's good for you yeah you know? yeah you got an extra <laughs> large worm and that excites you um <laughs> speaking of you get his inspiration speaking of extra large worms um troy you want to talk to us about you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you have a Kickstarter to talk to us about, and you haven't even seen this thing. You're you're t- you're going to pitch it to a site unseen. Yeah, well, uh, I watched the, uh, the the video on it, and uh, it, it looks kind of interesting. I, I'm a little, there, there's some trepidation there. It's called the Legends of Omeria. Uh, hmm. uh, the reason why I'm I'm pitching it is uh, I actually use uh, some of these products because they're, they're from different creators around around the web um uh dm dave uh cz and pico and uh paper forge got together and they're creating mm-hmm. uh uh adventures mm-hmm. and, and and well they, they've been you know cz and pico they do maps uh, DM Dave has, all, I mean, all kinds of advice and adventures and things that he's released, and Paper Forge does paper miniatures, mm-hmm. and they've joined forces and they are creating uh, a new starter boxed set for Fifth Edition D and D. Yeah, uh, it, it, the 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 little intro video for the Kickstarter is looking looks really good, and actually, as of the recording of this. The Kickstarter, I believe, drops tomorrow. That's right. On the 16th. So by the time this comes out, you should have plenty of time to check it out. Um, it's going to include uh, a new and improved 32-page 5th edition rule set. 
so I'm interested in checking that out. Uh, the Winds of Vapul, a 64-page adventure for first to a fifth level, um, so similar to The Lost Minds of Fandelver. Uh, 120 full-color miniatures, uh, paper miniatures. Actually, I, I, I want to take that back. I don't actually believe there are going to be paper miniatures in this. Uh, I think if you get the box set, I think they're going to come on like a like flat plastic mm-hmm. is what they are. Um, mm-hmm. You get four double-sided battle mats uh, so, by uh, CZ and Piku, seven custom DM Dave dice, mm-hmm. uh, four custom character sheets, 18 magic item cards, and, you know, more obviously with with uh, you know, stretch goals and stuff, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the DM Dave, uh, if you don't know who DM Dave is, he he's the one that is doing the the broadsword, yep, uh, like magazine. magazine. You get yep. adventures stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It looks interesting. the The setting itself is a more technological, advanced, high fantasy kind of feel to it. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm always looking for interesting ways to present fifth uh, edition rules. And I love. I'm kind of. I'm with John. I, I love uh, first through. I love the f- tier one. Yeah, is is kind of mm-hmm. like my favorite tier one, two, yeah. two. So you mentioned though that you had some trepidation tied to this product. So do you want to cover that real quick? Well, uh, I I, I noticed that the the asking price I believe for this is going to be seventy dollars. Yeah, for a starter box now. Mm-hmm. That oh, and is MSRP is ninety five. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm like, that's that's a bit hefty considering you can buy the 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 red box starter set on yeah. Amazon for less than twenty sometimes. Yeah, or all the time. I don't know. Yeah, but you don't get miniatures, and I'm looking at a picture here, and yeah, it's looking like it's the the flat plastic miniatures with the plastic bases. You're getting item cards. You're getting maps. You know, and whatever else they're going to throw in with. You know, for as far as stretch goals go, which we don't know yet, but I can speak from uh, personal experience. The 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 miniatures, the paper miniatures, are fantastic. I love them. Um, I use them in my home games. Well, when we could actually game in person, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. the The artwork looks really cool. The you know the concept behind it, uh, I like. I would love to see. I I like the idea of bo- of these box set starter adventures. I love the essentials kit. Yeah. Um, I think there should, you know, I would like to see every hardback book get a starter box. Mm. I mean, that would maybe not an actual box, but at least that kind of a, a treatment where you've got a, a, an adventure that kind of leads into it with mm-hmm, extra mm-hmm. stuff to help those DMs get into it and yeah, and, and and get involved. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing what this is going to turn out to be. And even though I've said, yes, the $70 price tag is a bit high sight unseen, it's probably at this point a foregone conclusion that I am going to back this. Yeah. I think the the, the, the pedigree is there, right? Oh, uh, definitely. The, the creators are great. Um, so you know that they're going to create a quality content, uh, quality product. I think that the hardest point of this so, – so if I were to pitch to you a an adventure book – and dice, and plastic minis, and maps, physical maps, all together on a Kickstarter in any other way for $70, you would say, sounds like a great deal. 
I think the the problem here, the trepidation, is that they're calling it a starter set, and so we're comparing it to other starter sets. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That mm-hmm. being said, I really feel like the only way that that comparison is not valid is if this book becomes hardcover. Mm. Um, if they would, if mm-hmm. they would, if there is a level in which you could get the thirty-two page rule set plus the plus the sixty-four page adventure plus an expanded whatever through stretch goals and then boom it becomes hardcover at twenty thousand dollar stretch goal or whatever mm-hmm. um now we're talking about a hardcover book in a box set with all these things for 70 bucks i think that's a great deal oh, uh, yeah. but I, I, I'm... it's really hard i'm looking at my starter set right here and i'm like i right now i can go on amazon and buy this for 20 bucks or i could go on and buy the full three core books for 70 bucks mm-hmm. right yeah you yeah. can buy 600 pages worth of books and have the full set, or you can go buy a little adventure and, and a miniaturized version of the rules. I think you're going to have to sell me a bit more. But like you said, like I think that there's every possibility that they will sell me on this product, just not what, right away. My, my, my fingers crossed hope for this is that uh, very early on in the stretch goals, what we're going to see is tier two and then mm. tier three added like like this is mm. the starter adventure for this world because uh i believe that there's he's got like a blog or something about this this omeria mm-hmm. somewhere that, that i haven't actually looked for yet but i will be um so yeah if, if this is the starter set for this whole campaign setting to where they're going to add more campaign adventures to this box set mm-hmm. that could be cool too yeah, that mm-hmm. can, and then I can see. He's like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna give me uh, uh, the first adventure. One is tier one. This, you know, give me four adventures in this. It's gonna take me from tier, you know, tier from first level to twentieth or whatever. Now you're gonna fill me. that box. Yeah, yep. now that's gonna <laughs> fill that box. Yeah, and now I'm I'm on board. Yep. Cool. Even more mm-hmm. so. Well, that's yeah. called Very the Legend. That's called the Legends of Omeria. It's coming out on Kickstarter. It should be out now. Definitely check it out. Um, I'm sure by the time this podcast drops, it's going to be out. They're going to be plowing through their funding, maybe even into stretch goals, because they've got like yeah. two thousand followers on the Kickstarter, and mm-hmm. it hasn't even dropped yet. So good for them. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we uh, took a little bit longer than usual on uh, those. We're what you get for calling me a worm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> the good news is we have a topic coming up that we all agree on, and that should just be a quick little um, back and forth to wrap things up. Uh, for our <laughs> main course today, we thought we'd take it in a little bit lighter tone. Um, we're going to talk about elves this mm. evening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. which elves are the best good. elves? Is there such a thing as a good elf? Um, what could make elves, elves better? Yeah, dead elves Excuse are good. you all. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Uh, so the reality is that we probably couldn't do this like this. T- we could we could have a discussion on every race and we would be just fine. But talking about which elves are the best elves is a unique way of taking this discussion. And we can only do that because if you include half-elves, there are 21 different elves that are wizards official for 5th edition (laughs) right now. 
<laughs> a four fifth edition alone. Only yeah. fifth edition. Holy only, <laughs> only, only official first party Wizards of the Coast material. There are twenty one varieties of elves, and, and that's just Legion. saying. That's just saying with half elves being just the gen, you know. No, no, no. That's that's half elves have sub races now for some reason. Um, there's oh. there's thirteen there's thirteen elven sub races, mm-hmm. and there are eight half elf sub races. Right, because they're they're all a sub of yes. some yeah. other elven race. They're right. the only one that that reaches those numbers is the tiefling has nine sub races tied to it. And the only reason it has nine is because there are eight lords of hell that mm. you have a variant for each one. If it wasn't mm. for uh, Mordenkainen's, you know, taking their sweet time kind of fleshing those out, you'd only have two and we'd be much more balanced. Dwarves have five as a good example. Mm. Dwarves have five sub races and really only two of them are actual like mountain dwarf, hill dwarf. Everything else is like a weird one-off oddity. Right. Um, so anyhow. Uh, you know what? Let's give Catherine the floor. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll, defend your point. Well, tell so me how they are. Let's let's be clear. Great. Our our first our first task here is not to bash elves. Our first task is to say <laughs> what the best <laughs> elf is, right? Which elf? On, is I'm the sorry, best I'm having elf. technical difficulties with my mm-hmm. mic, and yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so so. We're not here. I, I hope that Catherine doesn't feel the need to sit here and defend elves because everybody <laughs> has a different preference. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about the different varieties and why we like the certain ones or which ones are best. So go take the floor, Catherine. Talk, uh, talk to us about the best elves. Oh, dokey. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm just going to first off, yeah, I'd we're good. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> elves, elves have almost as many flaws as dwarves do. So I can see. We, they're, we, well, there are only two types of dwarves. Mm-hmm. Hill and mountain. That's all we need. We don't need all these pretension. No, that's fine. We, uh, Sophisticated. Just, oh. Very interesting. Taking deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, Carry on. We're fine. Yes. So definitely my – I would argue that the coolest type of elf, uh, the most interesting, would be the Eladrin mm. um, because of uh, – well, first off, because their art is super gorgeous. But um, because mm-hmm. – yes. Uh, I Well, I'm drawn to like – I'm drawn to the more beautiful side of of D and D art, so mm-hmm. that's actually what drew me to elves first over like dwarves or you know half orcs or anything like that. It was because in me, my Catherine. aesthetic, <laughs> that's that's it's like elegant and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. anyway. Um, before <laughs> um, we're we're all just grinning at each other. It, mm-hmm. Um. For for the record, people who can't see us, um, <laughs> I love that. I I love the dynamic of the different seasons mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fact that the player or the NPC, whatever, can can change which season that they're affiliated with. Like 
even if it was just, oh, cool, I could be, I could be one of, I could be associated with a specific season. And like the, even just the air outside could influence how my character reacts to things a little bit different. Um, like what environment we're in, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that you can reflect your character's uh, emotions or intensity of drive or um, or anything anything along that vein by physically changing your your makeup um, mm. your your bodily makeup is is really really cool um, you can play a lot with with that from a role play perspective you get different spells um, which is which is really interesting. So, like, from a utility standpoint, you could be like, okay, I know we're going to be, um, I know we're going to be in this type of environment going forward. I could use this spell more than this, this cantrip that I already had. So I'll switch, uh, seasons and do that. Or you can be like, oh man, the, the, the loss of this NPC that has been with us since the beginning is like, super super hard on my character so they're going to be winter now mm -hmm. like it's it's really it's really fun to me um mm -hmm. and of course the fact that it ties back into like um elves being able to get a step closer back to their original um original states of being with being able to shift and change and yeah. um express however uh they want through through how they actually like are being I guess mm. is the best way to describe that. Um, that's really cool. Um, they're from the Feywild. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my pitch for Eladrin. And it's a tricky thing. Um, so there's an ongoing debate. I don't think it's much of a debate. But there's mm -hmm. an ongoing debate amongst even Watsi personnel about whether or not Eladrin are even elves. Mm. Um. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're considering them one because they are a they in in fifth edition they are considered a sub race of elves for player options. That being said, they are a they are labeled as fey, not elves. If you go to the monster stat block, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's some discrepancy there, and there is an argument to be made, especially in previous editions, that that Eladrin are actually a fey creature that has a lot of aspects of an elf, but is but it's not an elf. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going with the the PC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, and there's two there's two fair. variants of the Eladrin uh, to to choose from. There's the one in the DMG, and then there's the one in um uh, whatever book it is. Um, right. <laughs> that one. That one. That, that one. one book. <laughs> uh, can I? I want, yeah, go yeah, for it, Troy. Go I just it. I just want to point out. Um, through all of John's grumbling about elves, <laughs> uh, arguably the main character in Dragonlance is named Tannis Half Elven. Um, <laughs> thank God he has muted himself, and we can't hear what he's yelling <laughs> at us right now. But uh, yeah, there that's are actually elves. absolutely true. And thank God because now that I've I said it out loud, I was like, mm, no, I probably shouldn't. They shouldn't have heard that. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? The Quellinesti in the uh, 
Am I saying that right? Because it's been a while. Quality. And the yeah, Sylvan SD? Yeah, Sylvan SD and Sylvan Yeah, see? And then the Kagan SD so, are the CLs, yeah. So, I mean. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the Dargan SD. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I almost lost L- my cred. Dargan SD are the CLs. Kagan SD are the Wild Elves. Yeah, there you Okay. But yes, I just wanted I just wanted to point out, you know, <laughs> there needs to be some elf love from the Dragonlance guy because elves feature prominently in Dragonlance. <laughs> no, 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 let me tell you it's, something. In 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 those those books, they it's like I'm I'm with uh, Catherine. I think that where you and I are definitely going to be able to find common ground on this is one thing that I do love about elves is their nobility. Right, the mm-hmm. aspect of nobility, where they're just like their that pr- the presence, rather than being like an ethereal alien. Like, well, that's one of the things that's it's hard for me to connect with the Eladrin is because they're they're so they're bizarre, right? This, that makes this sense. alien, yeah, right. It's it's hard to connect with them. But mm-hmm. uh, if we're gonna talk Dragonlance, then Laurelan Thalassa, man. I mean, like Lorana is one of the. Are you having a seizure? I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> just for a minute there La you were talking Rana. and then and then you just went into incoherent babble for yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you it's it's called nerd speak and every once in a while it, uh, <laughs> it, it strikes me uh yeah lorana right laurel on thalassa yeah. she uh i love her because she's strong and she is fierce and um there's an immense amount of character growth that happened in that character, right? This, this was something a person that was concerned with was naive and focused on beauty and things like that. So, yeah. Anyway, all that to say, <laughs> cool. I can get behind. I can definitely. I can. I only ingest. Do I? Do I rip on on elves? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I can see their appeal, even though they are not my. They're not my preferred. So they're not my go-to. You know. So is your is are you Fair. just trying to get a? If you had to be pinned down. To uh-huh. Which elf is the best elf? Are you saying high elves are your choice? Yeah, I probably would. Okay. Uh, because I, when I think of elves, I'm thinking Tolkien-esque elves more yeah. than anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Elrond and mm-hmm. Galadriel are the, are the are my favorites. And look, if we're talking about Tolkien elves, pff, whatever, never mind. They're amazing. Yeah. Because oh, when yeah. you've got an elf that fights eight uh uh, Shadow Beast or whatever, the uh, Balrogs, mm-hmm. eight Balrogs at the gates of Angband against the, and then calls out the devil himself, fights the devil, Morgoth. That's a, that is a badass elf. And that yeah. is really awesome. And the, the Tolkien elves were phenomenal. Really, really cool. Uh, rid- rid- uh, ridiculously so. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the superhumans, right? They were, they were the, yeah, yeah. the Superman, Wonder Woman, et cetera, uh, of that camp, of that setting for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take this in a completely different route, this discussion. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. When we're talking about which elf is the best elf, um, I think I would almost agree with you that it probably high elves are my favorite. But the best elf has to be the Mark of Shadow elf. Hands down, mm-hmm. um, the Mark of Shadow elf is the best elf if you're just picking one to run for d d um, As far as your stats go, you're not going to find one better. Um, their charisma score is increased by one as they're sub race, right? That's a good thing for an elf. Um, you, They get to add a D4 to de- to stealth checks and to performance checks across the board, which is ver- nobody else gets that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then what gets really crazy is um, they get the spells Minor Illusion for free and at third level they get Invisibility for free. Now, that would be that's already super strong because invisibility is 
Wonderful. But then they get something mm-hmm. that no other elf gets, which is an entire spell list that you have access to if you are a spell casting class, which is basically every class. But <laughs> if you have a spell casting or a packed magic class feature, you get access to the spells, add these to your list, disguise self, silent image, darkness, pass without a trace, clairvoyance, major image, greater invisibility, hallucinatory mm-hmm. terrain, and mislead. Cool. Right? Nine nine that is really smart that is really really i'm sitting here thinking about that that is so smart from a from a, a design perspective it only applies if you are a caster anyway in yep. any capacity divine or arcane yep. right yep. that is so smart it's like here's an expand you get par- access to this expanded spell list yeah right? yeah That's yeah really cool. it's smart it's cool i love all of it it's it's so like having giving them access giving that player access to 11 spells though has to make this the most the best elf class from a from a mechanic standpoint yeah mm-hmm. um, so that's going to be my pitch is um uh, uh is is the mark of shadow and, and i believe that is a um uh eberron elf oh yeah so i know troy can probably tell us all about the mark of shadow elves from a lore perspective but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but I yeah, won't. that's my pick. That's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but I am gonna I'm gonna go with half elf. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm the weirdo. I mean, I I know that I've already said from like a front of the high elf, but an, an undersung like version of the elves is the half elf. There's so much versatility in a half elf. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get the the good of the the elf and the human, obviously, but you're it doesn't seem like it's you're not um, you're not half sold. On either one, sure. A plus a two to charisma and one in in any other two attributes that you want is that or ability scores. That's really good. And then yeah. between that, and you get dark vision, and you have saving throws against being charmed and magic can't put you put asleep. Two additional skills. I mean, that's that's the makings of a really good paladin or a cleric mm-hmm. or a bard. It just goes, yeah, rogue. Mm-hmm. There's so much yeah. you can do with that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, sorcerer, etc. Mm. Well, my my Antanas. carry on Antanas. Yes. <laughs> see, there it is. Yeah, see, <laughs> my my love affair with elves started back when I was uh, a wee lad. Um, actually, I think it was even before I discovered D anD. Um, I was a huge comic book kid, and uh, my parents had no problem uh, spending money on comic books because it meant I was reading and staying out mm-hmm. of trouble and stuff like that. <laughs> And the first time my young eyes saw a graphic novel hmm. or, or a compiled, you know, uh, book of comics was uh, Wendy and Richard Peony's ElfQuest. Oh, yes. And these elves are different than uh, Tolkien elves by leaps and bounds. Um, mm-hmm. At least the main the main elves in the in the, in the story to begin with, um, they're short, they're small, they're they're probably halfling size. They they look more like halflings uh, mm-hmm. in in like uh, probably third, fourth, fifth edition halflings than, than anything. Um, they've only got three fingers and a thumb, which I thought <laughs> was just so badass as a kid. I'm like, <laughs> could I take my pinky off? I mean, how would that you know? <laughs> Uh, and they, they were, they were wolf brothers and sisters, 
they had these wolves uh, that they that they bonded with, and they, they, their tribe was called the Wolf Riders. Um, they have true names that only they themselves know, and the one person that they will mate with for the rest of their life. And it's revealed they have a, a, a like a telepathic ability called sending that they can you know, transfer thoughts back and forth. And I just, I mean, Cutter Kinseeker and Tree Stump and and Stargazer and Letha, all of them were just. I read those books, I devoured those books, begged, you know, can we go back <laughs> next week and get more? Uh, and as a matter of fact, when I bought. When, when when I was given the the the, the Mensa red box for original D and D, in that red box, I wish they would do this nowadays. But as you were reading through how to play, it was an adventure, and you went on the adventure, and it was like a choose your own adventure. And at the end of the end of it, it spit out your character kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. First character first character I made was Cutter Kinseeker. <laughs> <laughs> And nice. totally didn't fit because back then elves were a class and a race and they were fighter magic users. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of off, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> having said that, I think my favorite elves, I look at mine more from the lore perspective than than the, the, the stats and the crunch. Um, and it would be the Eberron elves, mm-hmm. the Aranai and the Valinar. Just mm-hmm. having having the one that worships and, and, and keeps their honored dead alive and and still helping you know rule and, and guide and everything else like that's really cool and mm-hmm. then you've got the valinar who are consummate mercenaries i mean mm-hmm. it's like they 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 will sell their swords to to uh, a cause and as long as you don't mess them over they will they will fight and and they seek to elevate themselves through battle and it's just kind of a neat twist on that, like what John was talking about that uh, that nobility. Mm-hmm. In that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I would yeah, say probably there's the, still honor there, right? That yeah, nobility there's, there's comes honor, in the form yeah. of honor and valor. Yeah, exactly. Right? They they will not they don't like to cross that line. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a, a a cool twist on elves. Nice, sweet, cool. Yeah, throwback elf quest. I'm right there with yeah. you. Mm. Throwbacks. <laughs> pay, yeah. Yeah, if, you've never, if you've never seen Elf Quest, go find one of the omnibuses and and you will, you will, <laughs> well, you will just, fall in love. I'm just I'll clicking the out. interwebs here. If you go to elfquest.com, they have the first. Uh, they have some up for free. You can just go. Oh, and look oh at there the, you go. Yeah, nice. It is, yeah. The artwork, uh, Wendy Peony, is just an amazing hmm. artist. Nice, love it. Well, that's a pretty good discussion of elves, don't you think? What, was, better if it were what about, about yours, yours though? Well, I said I like uh, I like Mark of Shadow yeah, ex- for their oh, for you the did Mark of Shadow because the spells. Yeah, and and I, sorry about that. I do like half elves from like a. I'm right there with John. Like I don't really care about Forgotten Realms elves that much, but mm-hmm. I really like Tolkien elves, and so there have been certainly been times. Um, if I'm going to play a wizard, there's a pretty good chance that's going to be a. A high elf wizard. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. just because I—that's the sort of feel that I think an elf really lends itself to in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, probably never going to play a wood elf in my in my life, um, <laughs> or a sea elf or something like that. It's just probably yeah. There are there Bye-bye. are more interesting things, but 
High elves do the job very well when you're talking about that like noble spellcaster. So I want to I want to ask something since we mm. brought up half elves. Why is it, why is a half elf always an elf and a human? It's not. It's just the simplicity. Like they do that with all the half races, right? right? You're, you're absolutely that, yeah. If I remember, I think there was a, a an article I read about somebody asked Gary Gygax that. Mm-hmm. Said that it was, it spoke to the again to the versatility of humans, right? That mm. they were the interbreeding was because of their ability to interbreed with what with the the other races was a, a byproduct of the the one of the things that the humans were really good at was spreading out and going into different areas, and part of that was being able to to, to create offspring um, with other races. You're snickering at me. Anyway, Catherine was uh, holding it back. I, started I just it. couldn't. Yeah, she started. It's her fault. Anyway, uh, there yes. is a there is a novel um, uh, from Wizards, Murder in. Oh, I don't remember it now. But the uh, the character, the, the main character who's trying to solve the murder is they they dubbed him a quarterling he was a an elf halfling mix huh so interesting yeah in past canon elves and other races obviously could breed so hmm. why can't we ha- I, I would like to see, i mean i know they're out there you can get them on dm's guild i'm sure and and uh, and yeah. drive for rpg but uh, why don't we see more mixed races yeah. out there? Why don't we have an elf grung? Like, I mean, we all want that. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit out there. But like a, an elf dwarf? I mean, a dwarf? We've dwarf? already seen. Yeah, we saw. I mean, Peter Jackson already opened Pandora's yeah. box. On exactly that one. <laughs> with that one. But, I mean, you. But, but but what about y- that? You have, you have a point. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. I, listen, the the real I, I have had so many half elves at my table and conventions that are like, well, I'm a half elf, but the other half isn't a human. It's a ASMR or a Genasi or a whatever. I think it's adopted at this point, and the only reason Wizards hasn't dove into it is because it's a huge can of worms once you crack it, right? Oh, it definitely is. It like, definitely is. Like, unless you're going to release, you could release a whole 200-page tome that is, here are all the half-elf races combined with everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we're all happy just saying a half-elf is a half-elf. <laughs> are we, though? Are we really happy? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I Maybe think they'll so. be all, in... I, I, I feel comfortable speaking for everyone here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I I ask this because in going back again to uh, ElfQuest, one of my favorite characters was Two Edge, and Two Edge, and they didn't have they didn't have dwarves in ElfQuest. They had trolls, which were basically more like just green dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Two Edge was a half troll, half elf, mm-hmm. and just the way he was drawn, it it just there was something really cool because he was neither he was not welcomed in either uh, in either uh, culture, mm. 
but yet he was very powerful. And, and so, yeah, it was just a very interesting, and I always thought, man, that's, that's kind of cool to have that. And then the only thing that ever gets explored is the elf and human where, where it's statted. Everything else is like, well, yeah, I'm half elf, but, or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Genasi, but I'm actually half elf too. Or yeah, it's, I wonder if anything out of it. I wonder if part of the tra- maybe it's a tradition thing with with a half elf being human and, and elf only because then maybe that came from Tolkien because Tolkien was the one that originated half elves. Elrond yeah, yeah. was half elven, Elva, and yeah. but in Tolkien's half elves, they could choose effectively whether they wanted to be human or elven. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I wonder if that's part. It's just it is a an homage. And it is, it's a, uh, an artifact, right, of the Tolkien-esque a, elves. A sacred cow, maybe? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Maybe so. Cool beans. So, anything else? Anything else? Last chance to talk about elves. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Now, False. this is the thing. This is the book that False. will be closed. Yeah. Nope. So, so that it be written, so that it be done. Yes. I will close the elven book when... John closes the Dragonlance book. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sister, we're going to both be waiting well. a long time on that one. Because I am going to beat that horse. That nag's going to get... And I don't care how long that corpse sits out. I'm, not, I'm never going to stop beating that drum. I'm going to say, it's, it's, been, it's been left out for, what, 15 episodes now? Yep. Look, look it has been dredged up every episode by some people who... Want- hey... If it's I not let, me, I let you it's bait me be every you. time. I was going to say though, the, like the one instance <laughs> where where half elves, uh, where Dragonlance is brought up in in fifth edition, mm-hmm. is with half elves. So yes, you yeah. do right to bring it up here because the the write up for half elves talks about Tannis. Mm-hmm. So this is the best one. Yeah, except so for Elrond. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out tonight, guys. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good yes. stuff. It was a good time. Uh, we are all at this point recovering from uh, a week of D&D Live, mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to what may come next. So, with that being said, thanks for tuning in, thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Be safe. Bye.